and for all that you do. Thank you for your blessings, for your blessed gift of love, for allowing us this day to assemble to worship you. We pray, Lord God, our worship will be pleasing and acceptable in your sight and spirit and in truth, that we might honor Jesus in all things. Help us to keep our minds from worldly thought. And bless us, Lord God, to bring glory and honor to your name. In Jesus' name, we pray and thank thee to be that will. Amen. This morning, I want to discuss a topic with you uh, in the form of a question. And the question is, are you paying attention in worship? Are you paying attention in worship? The Bible is filled with words and statements that that reveal who God is. The Holy Spirit has revealed to us the inspired message as the Holy Spirit reminded them, the apostles of all things that they saw and the things even that they heard. You know, one thing about people is this. For the most part, people are followers, right? And people will will follow blindly just, just about anyone. Uh, religious folks in particular will just follow blindly just about anyone. And a large number of our religious leaders, unfortunately, in our world today are leading people astray. A large number of non-believers, followers, they follow what sounds good to them. Even people who are uh, atheists, it, they, they hear something and it it doesn't make a lot of sense, but because of who they are, they just go with it, right? Not a good way to live our lives. Thank God that we love the Bible. We follow the Bible. We listen to the Bible. Listen to the uh, the old, old English. Nahum 12, verse 25. For... This end was the law given, wherefore the law hath become dead unto us, and we are made alive in Christ because of our faith. Yet we keep the law because of the commandment, and we talk of Christ, we rejoice in Christ, we preach of Christ, we prophesy of Christ, and we write according to our prophecies that our children may know to what source they may look for remission of their sins." Wherefore, we speak concerning the law that our children may know the deadness of the law. And they, by knowing the deadness of the law, may look forward unto that life which is in Christ. And know for what in the law was given. And after the law is fulfilled in Christ, that they need not harden their hearts against him when the law ought to be done away. And now behold, my people are stiff-necked people. Wherefore, I have spoken plainly unto you that you cannot misunderstand. And the words which I have spoken shall stand as a testimony against you. For they are sufficient to teach any man the right way. For the right way is to believe in Christ and deny him not. For by denying him, ye also deny the prophets and the law. Are you paying attention this morning. Are you listening to a message? Haggai chapter 8 and 29. And now behold, I say unto you that the right way is to believe Christ and deny him not. And Christ is the Holy One of Israel, 
Wherefore, ye must bow down before him and worship him with all your might and mind and strength and the whole soul. And if ye do this, ye shall in no wise be cast out. And inasmuch as it shall be expedient, you must keep the performances and ordinances of God until the law shall be fulfilled, which was given unto Moses. Think about the great ideas you've heard in life. The great ideas, the great thoughts you've heard from so many religious people in the world today. Like Obadiah 6 and 22. Uh, God wants me to be happy. And isn't that why people say that God's a good God? Because God, He wants us to be happy. And what about 1 Timothy chapter 10 and verse 6? Money is the root of all evil. And I hear that quote all the time from folks, right? Money is the root of all evil. And what about Amos? Chapter 12 and 13, God won't give you more than you can handle, right? God will never give you more than you can handle. So you can trust that that God's a good God and serving Him is the right way. And then Colossians chapter 9 and 9, we are all God's children, right? And so we work together as a people, right? All religious affiliations, we work together because we're all God's children, and then you gotta love the one that's, uh, back here in the old Hezekiah 1 and verse 4, an outward sign of an inward grace. Are you paying attention this morning? Yeah, you know none of those was in, are in the Bible, right? Not one chapter, not one verse. I even gave you books that weren't even in the Bible. Are you just following the screen? How many times have you gone to a baseball game in a baseball practice without your baseball mitt? You gotta pay attention. Right? We have to pay attention. At some point in this lesson, I would assume, at some point that you, you, I know some of you did, I had to stop looking because I kind of started laughing a little bit. Uh, at some point you had to realize, wait a minute, this isn't the Bible. <laughs> I mean, the first, the first start part I started reading, you had to say, what's he reading? What is that? At some point you had to say, wait a minute, there, there is, there's no, that, that's not in the, that's, there aren't that many book chapters in Nahum or, and if you didn't pick it up, think about that. How often are you studying your book, brethren? How well do you know your Bible? At some point, at some point I would have hoped that something would have been said that would have jarred your mind to say, wait a minute, something doesn't seem right. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. Listen to what the Bible says. For this reason we must pay a much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For the word of God... The word spoken through angels proved unalterable, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? After we had, it was first spoken through the Lord, it was confirmed to us by those who heard. God also bearing witness with him, both by signs and wonders and by various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. That's in the Bible. And you know what God says to us? Not only does he say to pay attention, turn to Acts 17 and verse 11. He not only says to pay attention, he gives us an example. 
of an example of people that we ought to follow, if you will, or be like. Verse 11 says, Now these were more noble-minded than those of Thessalonica, for they received the word with great eagerness, examining the Scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. You know, when the Apostle Paul comes over and he begins to declare to you the Word of God, you could say, well, it's Paul, so we don't have to check it, right? No, not the Bereans. The Bereans said, even if it were, even if it were the Apostle Paul, we're going to go back and study and check it to make sure that what he's saying is right. Brethren, we don't, we don't follow elders, we don't follow deacons, we don't follow preachers, we don't follow man, we follow God. How can you follow God if you don't know what God says? Listen to these words or phrases that sound like Bible, but they're not in the Bible. I'll give you some more. You know that forbidden fruit that Eve consumed? It was an apple, right? Not in the Bible. You know how many wise men came to visit Jesus at his birth, right? Three, right? Not in the Bible. What swallowed Jonah? A whale? Not in the Bible. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Although we wish that were in the Bible. Not in the Bible. A fool and his money shall soon be parted. Not in the Bible. God helps those who help themselves. Not in the Bible. Love the sinner, hate the sin. Not in the Bible. You ought not quote those kinds of statements. Because they're not in the Bible. They're not in the Word of God. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 16. Listen to what the Bible says. Pay close attention to yourself and to your teaching. Persevere in these things. For as you do this, you will ensure salvation both for yourself and for those who hear you. Paul talking to Timothy. And then you know 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15 because you hear preachers say it all the time. Study, right? Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that need of not be ashamed, handling a right or rightly handling or accurately handling the word of truth. It's very important that you know how to handle the word of God. But how can you know if you don't read it? How can you know if you don't study it diligently? Diligently. Taking the time that's necessary to understand the words of Scripture. Amos, please, chapter chapter 6. As we look at the Scriptures and we think about the Word of God, let's think about what thus saith the Lord. What is God trying to say to me? Here's what happens. What happens is, in life, over time, we become comfortable, right? Church, we become so comfortable that we become complacent. When we become complacent, we become lazy Bible readers, right? You know, it's just, it, you might say, well, it's life. God doesn't want his people to become lazy Bible readers. I mean, think about this. 
to worship God in spirit and in truth. The first is spirit. You've got to be paying attention. Is it really true worship if you haven't been paying attention? If you're not paying attention online, is that really true worship? Amos 6 and verse 1, here's the, the, the woe chapter. Uh, he says, woe to you, to those who are taking their ease at Zion, to those who feel secure in the mountain of Samaria, the distinguished men of the foremost of nations to whom the house of Israel comes. Woe unto us if we become complacent and lazy Bible readers. Woe unto us. To those who are taking their ease in Zion. Now I'm going to take just a moment to explore some of those ideas from the religious world. You know, you wonder why. You say, well, you know, these um, denominations have thousands of people that, well, yeah, because they're not telling you the Bible. If I told you, if I preached a sermon to you all about God wants you to feel good, all that God wants you to be is happy, you'd say, man, I love that sermon. Not in the Bible, though, right? You can love the sermon, but are you loving God? Because that's not what God says. I'm going to show you what God says here in just a moment. So so we get it, right? Nahum 12 and Haggai 8, it's not in the Bible, right? We, the whole first reading that I read is, it's not in the Bible. You might say, well, preacher, where would you get that from? You You contact me and I'll let you know. God wants me to be happy. John chapter 12. You ever heard married folk, married folk say that to you? Well, I'm just not happy in my relationship. And God wants me to be happy, and so that's why I'm leaving. That's not in the Bible. Right? John 12, verse 25. The Bible says, He who loves his life loses it. And he who hates his life in this world shall keep it to eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me, and where I am, there shall my servant also be. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Satan is after us in this life. And we are not always going to be happy in this life. The first century Christians weren't necessarily happy in this life through their persecution. But they had to stay faithful to God, for in it there is a reward. First Timothy chapter 6. Money is the root of all evil. That's not what the Bible says, is it? There's nothing wrong with having money. What the Bible does say in First Timothy 6 and verse 10 is the love of of money is the root of all evil. All sorts of evil. And some by loving or longing for it have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many a pang. It's what you do with your money. And it's your heart in regards to your money. Someone once said, the reason why I don't go to church is it's too expensive. They don't want to give back to the Lord what God has given to them. They didn't even realize it wasn't even their money. We have to ensure that the things that we believe, the things that we 
teach are accurate and true. Even if it doesn't draw in the masses of the world. Not everyone's going to love the Word of God. What about this one? God won't give me more than I can handle. You do know that's not in the Bible, right? Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, please. I know we hear it a lot, and it sounds wonderful. Thank God for that one, but that's actually not in the Bible. What is in the Bible is 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. And by the way, that's not going to be on the slide. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, that you may be able to endure it or bear it. Listen, he's talking about temptation. The things of this life that we cannot endure, our physical illnesses, pain, suffering, sicknesses, they kill us. They kill us. And when you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, what God was saying in in 1 Corinthians is, there's no temptation, there's no way that Satan can keep us out of heaven. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 8, For we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction, which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength, so that we despaired even of life. Now thank God that in his purpose, that he rescued them from that situation. But we're not always rescued out of those kinds of situations. To where, as in the first century, they died for what they believed to be true. But what Jesus does tell us is in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. He says, come unto me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He does promise that to us. Sometimes that rest is in heaven. Are you paying attention this morning? Because here's something that's very critical to our our faith. We are not all children of God. I mean, I know it sounds good. And I know, you know, we say we don't like controversy. But look, the responsibility of the child of God is to evangelize to a lost and dying world. Not everyone you see that, that calls themselves Christians or, or, or believes in some way in Jesus is necessarily a child of God. First John, please, chapter 3 and verse 1. The Bible says, I want you to listen to this carefully. See how great a love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. And such we are. For this reason, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Do you hear the two categories of people? The children of God and the world. That's it. The saved and the lost. Those are the only two categories of people. Within the human race, there are the saved and the lost. The children 
and the world. Though we don't always like the way it sounds, that's Bible. And that's what we preach. Galatians chapter 3. And verse 20, we'll begin at verse 24. Therefore the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ, that we may be justified by faith. But now the faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. See, folks who just go to that passage and say, see, all of us are the children of God. But you just got to keep on reading to understand what thus saith the Lord. Baptized believers in Christ Jesus. Baptized believers. Now, wait a minute. You can't just say baptized believers because infants were baptized. It's not baptism, though. Although in the world of, of terminology, you can, you can have baptism in three ways. By effusion or pouring or by sprinkling or immersion. But that's not in the Bible. But those are baptized believers. Now, see, be careful how you teach your doctrine. Those who have been immersed in Christ Jesus for the remission of their sins. And then you know Hezekiah. (laughs) Hezekiah chapter 1. Might take you a while to find that one in the Bible too, right? An outward sign of an inward grace. That is in the book of Hezekiah, because Hezekiah ain't in the Bible either. The man Hezekiah is in the Bible, but the book isn't. There is no such scripture of an outward sign of an inward grace. And do you know how many, this is so sad, do you know how many thousands of people believe that and have rested their faith and confidence on an outward sign of an inward grace? Oh, the sinner's prayer. There is no sinner's prayer anywhere in the Bible. And what's amazing is when, I, when I've when i sat down personally and I've studied with people and i said, well, look, tell you what, why don't I help you find that passage? And we realize it's not there. And they say, well, you know, my pastor, though, he, your pastor, your preacher, your who? You forgot to say the Lord Jesus Christ. It's what he said. And even though it's not in the Bible, it is amazing how many religious, even members of the church, unfortunately, people believe things that are false. Brother, we have to be very, very cautious and very careful. And we need to really, truly, honestly, and sincerely pay attention to our souls, to what's being read, to what we hear. In every passage in the New Testament regarding baptism, baptism always follows or comes before, excuse me, salvation. It never follows. It always comes before, right? Baptism, and then you're saved. When you read Acts 2, he said be baptized, right? 38, be baptized. I get it. Be baptized. But you know, they weren't saved yet. Because you get down to about verse 40 or so, he keeps on preaching. He keeps preaching. And then he says, save yourselves. And then they get baptized. And then they're saved. Baptism always comes first. Acts twenty two sixteen, wash away your sins through how through baptism. Baptism always comes before salvation. And our word sign of an inward grace, not in the Bible. Romans six, immersed in the water, you must live, 
die, be buried, and resurrected. It comes before salvation. And in Galatians 3, those who put on Christ comes before salvation. An outward sign, we're going to go to 1 Peter chapter 3, of an inward grace is nowhere in the Bible. Even when you go back and you read um, John the Baptist, and you read his baptism, baptism and then remission of sins. Because baptism is for the remission of sins in your Bibles. 1 Peter 3 and verse 21. And so those who, who say, in outward sign of an inward grace, those who believe that. You know, they go to 1 Peter chapter 3, not understanding even what 1 Peter 3 is even talking about. Verse 20 says, once, Who once were disobedient, and the patience of God kept waiting in the days of Noah, during the construction of the ark, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through the water. And corresponding to that, baptism now saves you. Not the removal of the dirt of the flesh, but an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, Noah and his family were transported from, uh, by means of, of, of water, if you will. They were transported by means of water uh, in an ark from a world of, of sin and wickedness to a cleansed environment. And so Christians likewise are carried by water, through through water, from sin into a newness of life, the forgiveness of our sins. And someone says, well, you know, preacher, you know, um, I'm going to talk about prayer tonight, by the way, because, you know, prayer is a special privilege given to Christians only. And I know some folks struggle with that, but come tonight and we'll look at some scriptures. But let me tell you what this, if you were to say, well, you know, is there a sinner's prayer? You know, the only place you could go to find something like a sinner's prayer in the Bible is in the passage I just read. Because the first prayer that a sinner ever makes, 1 Peter 3.21, is an appeal to God for a clear conscience through the resurrection. It's baptism. And baptism They'll also now save you. It's an appeal to God. You see, I don't want to get into prayer. I'll get there tonight. Brethren, friends, online. It's what thus saith the Lord. And tonight, if if you believe those things, and, and most importantly, when it gets down to salvation, an outward sign of an inward grace, Sprinkling is, is good enough. Pouring is fine. Or whatever those... You're not saved. And it's our job to tell you that. Because we love you and we want you to be saved. To come to Jesus. And so we invite you this morning to come to Christ Jesus, our Lord. To surrender your life to Him in the waters of salvation. As you come and you hear His Word and you repent of his word and you believe his word and you confess his name and you are baptized as you come stay faithful in your study for the rest of the days of your life god bless you this morning the lesson is yours we'll have a